We're going to start with finding out what mindset is. That's Talk about right. Mindset. What is yeah. mindset? You know, Ray, they say that this, this concept of mindset mm. is the secret of psychological success. Mm-hmm. You know, the success to, I mean, the sort of um, ingredient to doing well, uh, to really uh, leaping and launching into um, an area of achievement and realizing one's goal. So it is absolutely profound. And it's mm. been around for a couple of decades, but I think more and more uh, we're applying it to a wide range of our lives. Mm -hmm. So students at schools, teachers, uh, in organizations and in companies, in relationships, even for individuals themselves. And so if we take it to look at mindset by itself, it's the established set of attitudes held by someone, right? Mm -hmm, What mm -hmm. is your mindset about something? It's your belief, your set of values that what you believe in. So, So mindset doesn't just mean you're all you've always got one mindset it can mean okay i've got a mindset on this this topic yeah. i've got a mindset on this topic when it comes to school i'm like this when it comes to work i'm like this the family's exactly. like this exactly it's multi-dimensional right mm-hmm. and uh, an individual a doctor of psychology from stanford university carol dweck has defined two specific types of mindset mm-hmm. a growth mindset and a fixed mindset mm-hmm. and it doesn't occur in these discrete black and white categories but do imagine that you've got fixed on one end and growth on the other end and then on this continuum, there's a whole so, sort of, you know, lots of areas that people fall into. Okay. okay. So you may have a much more uh, of a growth mindset mm-hmm. in regards to your job and your career, but maybe a more of a fixed mindset in regards to your relationship uh, or your friendships and things. And where does, okay, so where does our mindset come from? Is it, is it kind of like a, a nature or a nurture kind of situation? That's a great question. So one of the reasons, you know, in order to understand mindset, we need to look at where does it come from mm. and why do people differ? Mm-hmm. Why are some people so much more open to learning and growth and they love the challenge, they love the process, whereas others are much more sort of fixed and set in their ways? Um, and you know, I have to take you back to this uh, nature-nurture debate yeah. in order to unwrap this and to understand this. So um, uh, there were researchers and psychologists and philosophers that say that we come into this world tabula rasa. So a blank slate Mm -hmm. you know that what you come into the world and the experiences that you have later on are written on the slate that results in who you are then you've got the nativist or people who are more uh supporting the sort of uh, naturalist camp Mm -hmm. and they say no wait a minute genetics and biology are almost everything and what you arrive at in this world is look what you've been handed you know those are your intellectual and emotional and personality gifts Mm -hmm. and do with it what you will okay Mm -hmm. so about uh, 80 or 100 years ago there was this debate ongoing debate of which is stronger is it nature or is it nurture Mm -hmm. what should we focus on more and where we are at today Ray is that we are we have a sort of interactionist perspective on this we believe that both are incredibly important Mm -hmm. okay Uh, and that your intellectual ability especially your intelligence is not fixed Okay. And so what happens is, think about it in terms of our schools, what happens is when you're given a particular score in an intelligence test, 
or in you know exams that you take at school, that shouldn't be the end outcome of your abilities or, or end measure of your abilities. Mm-hmm. That should be just the starting point mm-hmm. because there's so much more that you're capable of. And people who have a growth mindset understand that it's fine to measure and observe and to see where you're at at a particular point, but that shouldn't define who you are. Mm. I mean, this be, you talk about schools. I mean, there'll be lots of people listening to this show who've either moved their child from one school to another or were moved themselves when they were uh, school children because that they felt that it wasn't the right environment maybe mm. um, and when you go and choose a school you'll be like well that this is very cr- a creative environment right this yeah. is a very disciplined environment this one's more about sport mm-hmm. so we think that that kind of environment can have an impact on the success or the, I guess the outcome and the interest of the child as well that absolutely and parents have to understand um, and really uh, really know the natural capabilities passions and talents of their children mm. it's good to know who you're working with and it's good to know what they demonstrate at the young, at a young age but that doesn't mean that that's all that they're capable of mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, and it's so in schools what we try and do is to incorporate this sort of growth mindset is, is to realize that there's, there's a few components in that children should enjoy the process of challenges. They shouldn't look at mistakes and failures as setbacks, that it should be a launching pad of doing great things. Um, one of my favorite quotes is by J.K. Rowling, mm. and she says, rock bottom became the foundation on which I built my life on. Mm. You know, and here you have one of the most successful authors, uh, a person who has contributed incredibly to the literary world as well as, you know, the the movies that have come out of Mm. Harry Potter and this wonderful imagination that she has. But it didn't happen overnight, Mm. nor did she take any shortcuts to get there. Well, we all know the story. I mean, she would, she, uh, I think she was a single mother at the time. Uh, She had no money. She would go and, you know, she'd sit in a cafe, um, order a cup of coffee and, and basically kind of sit there all day, all day writing. But the thing is, I mean, I'm just going to throw this spanner because sure. it's it's kind of easy for her to look back on that now and say, oh, you know, I I achieve, you know, I've achieved this because I had a would she you'd say she had a growth mindset. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She but didn't give up. She didn't give up. But if it hadn't have worked, then she'd be saying, oh, that was a waste of time. I should have been, I should have been looking for a job. Why was I sat in a cafe all day? Yeah, yeah well, no, definitely. I mean, you know, she says in modern Britain, mm. um, I was probably as poor as you can be. Mm. And, and I suppose that means that she was getting assistance from the state mm. in, in order to make ends meet. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and thank goodness that she had that option there. But the point is, a lot of people who hit that uh, juncture of their life, they allow that to to define them mm-hmm. you know for others Ray it becomes a jab it becomes an emotional inoculation all the tough things that they've gone through throughout their life become these sort of emotion emotional jabs to protect you and make you stronger make you tougher mm. to be able to approach the next challenge even with greater grit and with greater strength so interesting I mean I was uh, people who uh, do you watch shows like The Apprentice yes okay yeah. uh, you, the the US version of the show 
which mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people have seen. I was just catching up on that on the internet. Series 10 in the US with Donald Trump. And what he did is he took um, 16 or so um, Americans who had been successful. You know, you're talking about a successful lawyer, a successful uh, contractor, somebody owned his, you know, their own company. Uh, and these guys had all gone through tough times during the downturn right. and now were either jobless or were in much, much reduced circumstances. And it's, it's so interesting because that whole concept of the show was to take people who'd already achieved success mm-hmm. and then give them another shot. And ju- they are just tearing shreds out of each other yeah. in order to succeed, these yes. people. Yeah, well, and, 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 and a mindset, a growth mindset says that success is important, but really it's the process, how you behave mm. while you are engaged in that challenge. You know, and, and it's not just about opinion. Or it's not just about, you know, we're not throwing around positive psychology here. This is based in years of research and science mm. and evidence of neurological changes that happen in the brain when people are engaged and challenged and they don't give up mm. and and your brain actually grows uh, it, it, when you call it a growth mindset it's not just a sort of metaphoric growth it's a physical it's actual growth. physical really? growth yes neural pathways mm. that take shape so it, it is very very powerful you mentioned Carol Dweck was it yes okay yeah. and we're gonna hear from her um, after the break what 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 is she gonna tell us in a nutshell Carol uh, Dweck is the person who coined the term growth mindset mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then looking at the differences and in a nutshell she's gonna tell us how if you how if a person has a fixed mindset how much they're missing out in Mm -hmm. life in comparison to having a growth mindset and the potential you can reach with that mindset I heard about a high school in Chicago where students had to pass a certain number of courses to graduate and if they didn't pass a course they got the grade not yet And I thought that was fantastic. Because if you get a failing grade, you think, I'm nothing, I'm nowhere. But if you get the grade not yet, you understand that you're on a learning curve. It gives you a path into the future. Not yet also gave me insight into a critical event early in my career, a real turning point. I wanted to see how children coped with the challenge and difficulty. So I gave 10-year-olds problems that were slightly too hard for them. Some of them reacted in a shockingly positive way. They said things like, I love a challenge. Or, you know, I was hoping this would be informative. They understood that their abilities could be developed. They had what I call a growth mindset. But other students felt it was tragic, catastrophic. From their more fixed mindset perspective, their intelligence had been up for judgment and they failed. Instead of luxuriating in the power of yet, They were gripped in the tyranny of now. So what do they do next? I'll tell you what they do next. In one study, they told us they would probably cheat the next time instead of studying more if they failed a test. In another study, after a failure, 
they looked for someone who did worse than they did so they could feel really good about themselves. And in study after study, they have run from difficulty. Scientists measured the electrical activity from the brain as students confronted an error. On the left, you see the fixed mindset students. There's hardly any activity. They run from the error. They don't engage with it. But on the right, you have the students with the growth mindset, the idea that abilities can be developed. They engage deeply. Their brain is on fire with yet. They engage deeply. They process the error. They learn from it, and they correct it. How are we raising our children? Are we raising them for now instead of yet? Are we raising kids who are obsessed with getting A's? Are we raising kids who don't know how to dream big dreams? Their biggest goal is getting the next A or the next test score? And are they carrying this need for constant validation with them into their future lives? Maybe because employers are coming to me and saying, we have already raised a generation of young workers who can't get through the day without an award. So what can we do? How can we build that bridge to yet? Here are some things we can do. First of all, we can praise wisely. Not praising intelligence or talent. That has failed. Don't do that anymore. But praising the process that kids engage in. Their effort, their strategies, their focus, their perseverance, their improvement. This process praise creates kids who are hardy and resilient. There are other ways to reward yet. We recently teamed up with game scientists from the University of Washington to create a new online math game that rewarded yet. In this game, students were rewarded for effort, strategy, and progress. The usual math game rewards you for getting answers right, right now. But this game rewarded process. And we got more effort, more strategies, more engagement over longer periods of time, and more perseverance when they hit really, really hard problems. Just the words yet or not yet we're finding give kids greater confidence. Give them a path into the future that creates greater persistence. And we can actually change students' mindsets. So that was Carol uh, Dweck, fascinating uh, woman, obviously fascinating yeah. uh, views. It's so interesting to hear, um, firstly, about the concept of the not yet grades mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, in schools. Okay, so we, okay, so you get a pass, uh, you get a, but you don't get a fail, you get yeah. a not yet. Yes, that means that, look, I'm not going to define uh, you as a non-achiever by giving you a fail because I know with the right amount of effort, persistence, and perseverance, you'll get there. Mm. And, and believe 
believing in students and teaching them to believe in themselves can have a huge shift. I think one of the most powerful sentences for me in that was, instead of luxurating in the power of yet, uh, they were gripped in the tyranny of now. Mm. You know, and a lot of times we, we get stuck in the now and we don't have the foresight or the vision of, well, look, if I change a number of things in my life and if I start, you know, putting particular strategies in place to get closer to the goal that I'm setting, I can get there. I'm not there yet. Mm. But I know that I can get there. But what if you're one of these people? Okay, I like that you're talking there about the, that sort of planning mentality. If I do X, Y, and Z, then I can get to I can get to pass. For example, in that scenario. But don't we need to know how far off the mark we are? Because if if you're just given that not yet grade, but you're maybe you're just one percent percentage off. You don't know because you haven't been told. You might be fifty percent off a passing right. grade. But if you're not yeah. told, then how can you how can you know? How can a plan a plan? And and, and it's really important to know mm. because it's the realistic feedback that you get mm. and the sort of detailed feedback that you get that will decide how well you do from there on out. Mm. So, it, you know, maybe the not yet is just what goes in the transcript, but definitely the conversations that parents have with their kids, mm-hmm. the teachers have with the kids, and also employers, mm-hmm. uh, Ray. You yeah. know, the performance reviews are such important markers in the year and unfortunately many organizations don't have a correct process of giving that performance review mm. um, and, and structuring a proper performance review because you, you can't just be given a grade of meets expectations or exceeds expectations without really discussing what your talents and, and nat- abilities are, what your competencies are, but what is it that needs to be further developed f- for you to devise your career plan? I think, you know, all of that is true. Absolutely true. I think, that, you know, a lot of us would admit that um, we've worked in the past in environments where they're, they're actually, okay, you can't be given a perfect grade even if you are perfect because perfection means doesn't even exist you you should be given more money or Mm. you should be promoted Mm -hmm. and there's maybe there isn't any more money and there isn't anywhere for you to be promoted to so in in a sense you know some of these um assessments and uh, and whatever at work they kind of become just box ticking measures and and a bit kind of hopeless and pointless they can they Mm. can do if there isn't a particular structure in place Mm. so for example a a leader with a growth mindset will explain to employees that look it's not just about being promoted and moving up vertically there's lots of horizontal growth and and chances Mm. and and opportunities for challenging yourself horizontally and there's huge learning in that it's not all about how how i can move up vertically Mm. and how i can you know get a higher salary we mentioned earlier sammy um jk rowling and you were saying how she kind of uh, showed an example of mental toughness. That's correct? right. Yeah, okay. and uh, how she wasn't, you know, she didn't shy away from failure. She didn't give and up hardship. Yeah, absolutely. Said texted and he says, I, "I agree with what you are saying, but it's not applicable in this country. If J.K. Rowling was in Dubai as a single mum, then she would need a job to survive. If uh, Thomas Edison was in the UAE and failed three times making the light bulb, he would have been fired with a bad reference. Oh, <laughs> do you think so it can come down to? Yeah, well, you see, no, I don't think so. Okay. Every context and every situation 
offers opportunities. Mm-hmm. And if you look at these challenges as opportunities to learn and grow, uh, then you will carve out strategies to try and make it no matter where you are. We and we've got examples of that across cultures. Yeah. Well, yeah. we heard Carol Dweck there. She was talking about kids and how um, in one school they weren't getting fails. They were getting not yet grades. Mm-hmm. And then she went on to talk about how um, the way that we raise our kids can uh, have a real impact on their on their mindset as well. We shouldn't be validation obsessed. We should, or, or we shouldn't make them validation obsessed. That's right. So that they they go out into the workplace and constantly feel that they need to be tick 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 uh, while they're in the workplace. Right. Rewarded. You know, mm. constantly recognized and rewarded. And of course, uh, that kind of recognition in the workplace is important. But it needs to be structured and it needs to be tied into uh, real uh, sort of steps mm. of achievement. And it can't just be handed out. Um, the same way we are now sometimes handing out certificates uh, just for showing up in schools, you know. Uh, And what happens is a false sense of entitlement is, is... grown or it, it, it festers within the individual um, and that person grows up having this false sense of entitlement because mm-hmm. they were rewarded or um, they were acknowledged for doing work that was mediocre but then the reward or recognition they got was greater than that mm. and you know they forget how to engage with the process. They forget to think about the experience that they've had. They don't focus on the sort of internal approval that we should have Mm -hmm. uh, without always needing to be approved from the outside. Now, I I might have got the wrong end of the stick, but I I seem to, what I was hearing from, from Carol was that it was it was good to kind of look at the long-term goals in, in our children or get our children to prepare and want to have long-term goals rather than that short-term validation. But I, I kind of, I, when I was no, listening to that... No, that's true too. Okay. Well, yeah. that's, that's fine. But when I, when I heard that, I wrote down the piece of paper, dreamers, question mark. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we all kind of think of um, people who say, oh, you know, I'm going uh, to be famous. I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be a singer. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to do, uh, do something. I'm going I'm to get there. I'm going to achieve that. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, none of this other day-to-day stuff that I had that you know everybody else has to worry about like Mm. handing in their homework or or whatever that's not important because I'm going to be a big star and that that was the way I went when I heard that I thought well are we just if we do that if we don't um if we don't make the things that are the little things and the day-to-day things Mm. important and we don't tell them that they're important could we create children that just dreamers okay well between dreaming and not dreaming there's an entire world of possibilities Mm -hmm. right so let me give you examples that are a little bit more uh, specific in understanding so as a lecturer at university I can't tell you the number of students that I had that were uh, probably being raised by parents who had more of a fixed mindset and they believed that their child should study business or engineering uh, or a particular subject that would uh, protect them Mm -hmm. and set up their future for success. You see, this is all very well intended. It doesn't come from a bad place. Parents don't guide you uh, towards a particular subject because they want to be mean or difficult, but they think that that's where your success lies and and they want to create independence in you in the future. Mm. Many of these students would come to me and say, you know, I'm just scraping. I'm barely making it in my business classes or in my engineering classes, Mm. and I'm getting A's in psychology, but I don't think I can convince my parents to to change my major 
right? Okay. So these kids over there, they were dreaming about an, a career one day in psychology. They understood that their talent, their interest, their passion lies in this particular subject, mm-hmm. but a fixed mindset somewhere was telling them, no, you need to stay in business and, and study that. Mm. You know, that results in an individual who may not be very happy later in life, mm. who may be stuck in a career that um, doesn't produce much and their contribution to the community, therefore, is not so deep and profound or meaningful but as parents we don't want to tell our children to quit do we we don't i mean if, if, you know whether they've started down a track for the right reasons or the wrong reasons maybe the wrong reason was because of us we don't want to tell them that it's okay to quit look as again i'll quote jk rowling she says you have there's an expiry date to mm. which you can blame your parents <laughs> okay after that when you're in the driving seat and you're you're driving the, uh, th- that as an adult you have to take control now for any kind of programming or mm. fixed mindset that you may have been exposed to earlier on and say, look, now I have an ch- opportunity ch- to change. Carol Dweck has done a number of interviews in which she talks to people and they say, I wish I got your book when yeah. I was 15 or 16 or 17. And she says, don't ever wish for that. You have it now. Go for it. Run with it. No yeah. matter how old you are, you can make a difference. Do you know what? I, 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 I want to know if Carol Dweck has children and what they're doing. That's, I want to know yeah, how successful they are. Yeah. I'm going to Google that, actually. Um, just before <laughs> I do that, though, have you guys seen um, on, the, on the internet, um, there's, a, there's a, a, a clip that's quite trending at the moment. Mm. And it's a, it's a, it's a Miami-Dade judge in the U.S. And um, she's presiding over, over the court. And she's uh, setting bail or otherwise for men who, and women who've been arrested. Right. And uh, she suddenly spots one of the guys that's in front of her as being an old classmate uh, that she uh, went to, I think, high school. Yes, I saw that high school over with. the weekend. It's yeah. such a powerful clip. Uh, I'm going to play it now, and, okay. uh, and then we'll have a chat. F15-13303. Um, okay, Mr. Booth, I have a question for you. I yes, remember, ma'am. Did you go to Nautilus for middle school? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry to see you there. I always wondered what happened to you, sir. Oh my goodness! This is the nicest kid in middle school. Oh my goodness! He was the best kid in middle school. I used to play football with him and all the kids. And look what has happened! I am so sorry. To oh my goodness! I just want to, Mr. Booth. I hope you were able to change your ways. Good luck to you. Oh my goodness! What's sad is how old we've become. Oh my goodness! That wasn't the saddest thing. The saddest thing is the, you know, the the the, the judge and uh, an old friend of hers. Somebody she said they used to play football together. They uh, they were at high school together. He was the nicest guy. And there she is um, setting um, bail for him. Um, she ended up setting it at forty four thousand dollars, which he obviously he wasn't well. He was not obviously, Couldn't but he wasn't fun, able yeah, to pay. To um, he'd been caught. Um, obviously, it's alleged he hasn't been convicted of any crime at the moment. But he'd been caught in what was believed to be a stolen vehicle and ended up being chased by the cops. Hit two cars. Ran away and this is a guy that she looked up to this was one of um this is one of her her heroes in school school, it's a good time to bring in our uh, our next guest actually uh dr amanda peters is here she's the dean of holt international business school dubai we were going to say hello to you a little bit later but you wanted to come in hearing that uh, hearing (laughs) that didn't you amanda i was actually reacting very much to the question that you'd asked sam about dreaming Mm -hmm. and because this is such an important uh topic and i think and i you know you asked does carol dweck have kids i have kids so i think an awful lot about this as yeah. well uh, there is a big uh, a popular cult-
culture around dreaming that you can be great, about dreaming that you're special and thinking that, you know, if only you believe that I could be fantastic, then somehow it will happen. And I think what's really important, I have to say, I've loved listening to Dr. Sam talking mm, about this you, topic. Because yeah, well, you've inspired all this. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's fantastic to hear somebody talk about how important this concept is, particularly in the education sector, because the issue is that popular culture tells us, yes, you can be the one, you can be special, you can dream about it. But this isn't about dreaming, actually. Mm. It's the opposite. It's about hard work. And what Dweck's work actually tells us is that it's not about dreaming how you could be great. It's about recognizing that the only way to improve is to work hard at it every day. And if you are willing to forget about what has happened in your past, about any negative labels that you've received and draw a start line across where you are today mm. and work hard to improve every single day, then where you could end up is really great. But, but don't we need that validation? I mean, there's not that many people that can work hard and hard and hard and see, not, not get a bit of praise along the way to say, yeah, you're doing a good job, keep going. You sure, know? But, but I think the distinction, really important distinction mm. here is to have a dream but then work really hard achieving it. Mm. So not just dreaming about it. Um, but validation is important, sure, but it, it should be uh, structured and it should be based on uh, what, is, what is deserved, not you know, reinforced and handed out without a particular uh, deserving uh, incident. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, the best approach is actually to praise the effort because part of being able to apply a growth mindset is saying, I don't mind that I might fail today because mm. the process of failing today leads me to being great tomorrow and learning from failure. So what you need to do when you're looking at your children is actually praise the effort they put in and the improvement that they make and then get them to focus on improving because it's only the process of improving that can lead us to be better. Are we just talking about kids though? Are we talking about adults as well? We are talking That's, about That applies for adults as well. Okay, so I'll give you an example, right? Okay. I, I do stand-up comedy. Okay, if I come if I if I come off stage and somebody says, um, "Wow, you really look like you were putting in a lot of effort there. Well done." Right? <laughs> I've failed. Right? They need to say that was hilarious. You killed it. That was that was great. I need I need a bit of value. if if all I heard for the last you know three years when I came off stage was you oh you see you broke a sweat there. You were trying really hard, weren't you? I'll give up. I'll give up. So don't we don't we need more than praise for our effort we need praise for our success or our failure and feedback on that i agree the difficulty is that that tells me that you lean a little bit towards a fixed mindset and i'm sorry mm. to say that no, go for um, it. but it's because we get used to being praised for how good we are that we feel we need it in order to continue mm. but what the research tells us is that people who are continually seeking that reinforcement that they're great will then be less likely to take up things that are challenging where they therefore have the possibility of failure mm -hmm. and what we actually need to do is the opposite we need to be willing to stretch and grow ourselves knowing that people might turn around and say hey you sucked at that mm -hmm. so that they can improve and in fact this is exactly what michael jordan did when he went into baseball from basketball yeah. he was a fantastic basketball player Got bored. He, he decided to do baseball right everybody told him that he was rubbish in fact there was a sports illustrator magazine on which he appeared and it said please just stop you're embarrassing us or some <laughs> headline like this Horrible. but he is 
is one of the primary examples of growth mindset. He still got up every morning, did his four hours of practice, and years later, he became great in baseball, mm. despite everybody mocking him. We didn't chat about the, the clip that we played. We played um, the clip there of, of the judge who mm. was um, facing um, her former uh, classmate and, and kind of a guy that she used to look up to by, by the sounds of it as well. And you know when she um she recognized him he didn't recognize her mm. she said you know didn't you go to nautilus middle school and we used to play football together and when he realized who she was and i guess in that moment that situation where he realized he'd become somebody who's mm. just been arrested for a, a you know a crime and she's a ju- she's a, a judge now yeah that so must have been a, a real defining moment moment yeah absolutely and so many interesting things happening there you know this this notion of possibilities mm. you know when they were children and they were innocent and young and um and, and and crossroads of how one person in the same school or in the same class can take a different road and end yeah. up somewhere else and the other person not um and you know the emotional outburst of this individual being transported back to that time of place mm. time and place of possibilities you know and and somewhere along the way perhaps a fixed mindset of you know i i can't make it i don't have the money i don't have the family i don't have the socioeconomic background i don't don't have the educational opportunities and perhaps these barriers as real as they are stood in the way of mm. him you were breaking away from those challenges you know and 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 uh, trying to carve out a different world or different life for himself amanda what were you thinking when you were listening to that <laughs> that it was terribly sad actually yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a, a very sad situation to be in and uh, you just wonder what has happened to those individuals during their lives to it shows that it's not uh, all determined by us doesn't it mm-hmm. i think what what yeah. what sort of stood out for me was that she didn't kind of use it as an opportunity i mean some people with with the wrong kind of intentions might have used that as an opportunity to really kind of lambast somebody <laughs> you know and kind yeah. of say look what i what i'm doing and look what you're doing and we had the same start in life and same school same teachers same curriculum you know yes you can, yeah. you can look she at that, do it's, that yeah. it's kind of like that sliding doors moment almost mm-hmm. in a way but mm-hmm. like you said we don't know maybe she had the scholarship to a college yeah. or parents who were around and supportive or not, we, we, we just don't know based on that situation. But again, you know, it's interesting to look at ca- success cases mm. and examples of people who have against odds, um, you know, broken out of those uh, boxes mm. or, you know, broken through glass ceilings and things like that. And research is interested in looking at what that is. And as earlier, as Amanda was explaining, it is very much related to setting goals, mm. persistence, hard work and every day devoting a certain amount of time and energy to improving.